This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider for audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. For a free audiobook of your choice and a 30-day trial, go to audiblepodcast.com slash afterbuzz. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. What is up, gladiators? I hope you're having a wonderful night, day, wherever you're watching this. But Bing is for doing, and we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. Well, another after show for ABC's hit series, Scandal. This is season three, episode four. Say hello to my little friend. Once again, I am your host, Emil Ennis Jr., joined here with three amazing gladiators who help me gladiate every single week, starting with the beautiful and talented comedians. And right next to me... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I am Dan Erickson. <laughs> I'm laughing because um, you were gone last week, and they made it very known, like, <laughs> like where's the meal? I was sick, but I am better now. My voice went completely out, but um, we're going to get right into it, guys. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a great episode. Um, did you really? I did. I I actually liked the way the episode... I liked last week's episode. I liked this week's episode. Um, it's... At least this episode was closer to the original format of Scandal. Then we get into these other issues, outlying issues. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. Did you not? It had some good moments. It had, I had some good moments that I really enjoyed. It had good moments. Um, and, uh, no, I didn't like it, but it had good moments. <laughs> and there was two important things that we found out, which um, which is basically what we what I, w- I guess what we were waiting for. But the the weekly Scandal, the weekly who did it, was boring up until the last moment when we figured out, oh, that's it. Well, I guess I was the same way. I didn't necessarily love the weekly scandal. We'll talk about okay, that. Okay, so I the, was about to say. The <laughs> weekly scandal is this sexting scandal, and it's uh, very much real life because you have all these celebrities and high-profile figures who don't know how to... I, I guess my issue and, is... What was up? Politicians. Yeah, and politicians. Who are texting their private parts and getting caught and then going away and then coming back and continuing to run for office even though... They may or may not still be sexting. Exactly. Shonda is right on point with real life. Exactly. She's always right on point with real life. And it's just frustrating because if you have any type of clout or you're well-known or any type of high-profile figure, you just, it stays out there. And you, But see, you know, people always wonder, well, why would someone do this? But the reality is when you are with someone, you think for that moment that it's only going to stay between the two of you. And no matter if you are a politician, if you're a celebrity, or if you're just a TV host, or if you're a school teacher, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna adamantly disagree with Me you. Too. Okay. I think there's a difference if he was actually having an affair with one or possibly multiple women, and therefore there was some level of intimacy and connectivity, and he's texting them because they're in a relationship. From the setup of the actual scandal, it seems as if he's just kind of on some dating app. 
right? And he's just texting people who kind of want to text other single people. So that, I think, even even the fact that it's going through some kind of server set up for single people or people who want to date, that in of itself, as a politician, you should know better. And especially given the fact that his name came up. Because the last woman who gave the press conference, obviously his name was somehow connected. So... Is he silly enough that like well, he doesn't have a yeah. private number? Even Andy? further beyond that, though, this is my issue, and this is going to be it might sound funny, <clears throat> but if you have any type of identifiable object on your private part, like a mole, <laughs> where it can you, if you have that mole there, just know that you probably shouldn't be putting the pictures out there because if they just like when some of those celebrities or sports stars put out um, pictures of themselves and they have a very noticeable tattoo that nobody else has, sure. clearly we're going to know. That's you. That's yeah. your wiener. I'm just saying that in the moment, people don't think that. What well, they're oh thinking with their God. head, not their head. Right. They think they don't think I'm a celebrity. I'm a politician, and oh, this is never going to get out. They're having fun. Well, they haven't been paying attention to anything in life except their <laughs> own private parts. Because even if you're with somebody that's your dude or that's your girl, and you're thinking about sending sexy pics, you need to have the conversation and say, "Listen, I'm sending you these sexy pics. Don't be sending. Don't if we break up, something happens. Don't get all bitter and be putting my sex." pictures out there. You can't just go willy-nilly with your sexy pics. Also, also, too, Camellia is very right, and I'll talk about it offline with any legal eagle gladiators who want to talk about it, because there actually have been a lot of new laws and legislation regarding this issue. So if you want to talk to me about that a little bit later, hit me up on Twitter. I'm going to be sending my sexy pics. I can't deal with you, but let's talk about his wife, because his wife is sitting there in the office right by his well, side. Well, actually, can we back up? Yeah, I yeah. apologize, Emil. I have an issue with how the gladiators are picking their clients. Right. Yeah. When did we all of a sudden be, and it and it and it materializes through the episode why we now realize that they're in dire straits because of Olivia's reputation, right? Basically she has fallen from grace and now she possibly is a punchline. However, they're just taking jobs for money, like to pay the electric bill, <clears throat> and Harrison is all dancing and they're all wooing because they can pay their bills right. and they're possibly taking a client that they otherwise would not believe in, number one. Number two, they haven't checked out the client to even see whether or not the client's innocent, it really seems like it's about the check. Well, because okay, I forgot. Well, this is this is my issue. Um, again, I'm not trying to bash Olivia as I have done in the past couple episodes, but she's she comes off as untouchable. She, you know, she doesn't answer questions, and she won't. Um, it was it was in the middle of the conver- uh, middle of the episode when she says we'll be fine. We can use my savings. Well, Olivia, you should you guys know that you're in the uh, that you guys are are lacking funds. You should have said that a long time ago. Listen, we're not going to take this client because I have money, I have savings, and we'll be okay. And if she would have said that at the beginning of the episode, then they would have never had this in the first place. Maybe she's just trying to prove herself. Maybe she's just ta- well, I get once she's taking cases, it's not a mistake. She's taking cases because they need the money. It doesn't matter what the what what the deal is. Last week she got took the case. The lady had the check, gave the check. She followed the lady to the to the to the, <laughs> to the, to the house to the courthouse or wherever she was. Yeah. So she's just it seems a little willy nilly in, in some cases, but maybe she t- is taking these cases where it seems impossible to win or beat so she can kind of beat the odds and prove herself. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe Rebuild from the bo- yeah. Yeah, yeah, like maybe Meaning she that, won- Yeah, like I can yeah. take any case and yeah. I can win. And I can flip it and she I really can, did yeah. for, for this one. So in some in some case, and well in this case, it, it does make sense, but on the, the, the overall thing, it is kind of silly that, you know, they're so poor that they have to just take any um, cases. I completely agree, and I get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying as far as not researching the client, because let's remember this wasn't just a sexting scandal. But on top of that, we had a murder involved, okay. so that changes the whole situation. Um, which is 
And we know now why since we saw the end of the episode. But I was sitting there like, why is his wife just sitting there by his side? And she says, oh, we've been through counseling. We've been through all these different things. And when I was watching this episode, I was just thinking, and it kind of changes now, though, because we saw the end. But it, it, disregard the ending and when we saw that uh, that she's the one who actually murdered the girl. In that particular situation, as you ladies, when do you say, for better or worse, and when do you say, I'm done? I can't. I mean, I can't really answer that question from a oh, perspective. Oh, yeah. Hold on one second. No, no. Let me let me get my popcorn. I can't answer that perspective from a married uh, person's point of view because I don't know what that's like. People always say what you do in a relationship when you're just boyfriend and girlfriend is different than what you'll do when you're actually married to somebody and and they, there's vows vows involved. But knowing Cornelia, I ain't down for that cheating stuff. That's where I draw the line. Now. That's me talking as a single black woman out here in these streets. I don't know what it's going to be like when I get married. So I can I know older couples who have been through a lot, infidelity, uh, you know, fertility issues, and they're still together and they're trying to make it work. Me, if he were just my boyfriend, I would have left him uh, on the curb somewhere and I would have told him to kick rocks with an open toe shoe on. Like, I just, I don't. And I, I can only answer this from a place, like, from more of an esoteric kind of a philosophical perspective. To me, bringing it back to this case, it's really an issue of truth, right? So people make mistakes, and I, I agree, like, I'm not going to kind of dictate where my line is. But, yeah, cheating, that's right. not even up for discussion. However, I think the larger issue is truth. He wasn't even honest with her. So not only did he send pictures, he then lied to his wife and said that it was only once. Right. So I think that in of itself, kind of to a certain extent, like there's a difference if you're like, oh, we're supposed to be on a diet and you went and had McDonald's. There's a big difference between the fact that if I ask you if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing of that egregious of a nature and you lie to me, then to me, that's a larger issue in a relationship that possibly cannot be mended because that means we have we have no trust even beyond you making a mistake because it means you're going to dig yourself deeper and deeper and deeper, which is exactly what he did, which invariably is going to pull me in, which in essence is what led her to kill. Because they had such a marriage of deceit and lies that she could feel it, that she felt that her only her only way out was murdering this girl, which in essence, to project, she was really murdering her <laughs> husband. She was murdering the marriage, which was dead. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I know sense. I went there. But, no, no, okay. Yeah, from, uh, for me, I was thinking, okay, she has to know that there's been more than one person. That's what I originally thought, because for me... Um, if you, you know, you can't, you, he, he's a cheating dog and <laughs> she knows that. And I feel like a lot of times in relationships, you know, if, if you have a, someone of a, you know, a, whatever, you kind of know, you kind of know that in the beginning. So I kind of do wonder if she did know about all of those things. She did say that she was a lawyer. She says how intelligent, she, how intelligent she was and how her life wasn't supposed to be what it was and how she really stood behind this man, blah, 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 blah. But how could she have not known some of the other things that kept happening? So I kind of wonder, did she know that and was this all a part of or did she maybe kill? 
Well, I just seem to know because she wasn't surprised when those women were on the stand, every each telling their story. So then, why was she? Why why was she only killed that woman? And that's what I'm gonna say. It's one thing, and maybe she found out at a later date after she killed. But to act on impulse and kill this woman, like she followed him and then she killed this girl, that's one thing. But. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what she thought was going to come from. Because he, let's just say and put this in perspective as if the oh, situation was she, he just killed that one girl. So I, th- I think I know because I think that's why Olivia said it the way that she said. Olivia goes, you thought there was only one so it would fix it. She really thought there was only one girl, number one. So she thought by killing her, she thought they would never connect the dots. Mm. And that's where she slipped up because I think that's where she was acting on emotion and not from a strategic position that she really thought, okay, this random girl who, as we then came to figure out, had multiple suitors, so there could have been multiple texters, who's going to go through her text log? And kind of to piggyback on what Bam's saying is I think that the irony of the situation is People are people. It doesn't matter their title. It doesn't matter if they're politicians. At the basis of who they are, people, when they do things, don't run through CSI. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? They don't go, okay, well, I know that every time that there's a crime, they're going to go through this, 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 and this, and this. Mm -hmm. They're really not thinking that. So I really think she thought that that was going to solve the problem. I just think, though, as a, if I was a man whore, like he was, (laughs) and my wife killed, or I didn't know, but this girl is killed, and let's just say they're not focusing on me, they think it's somebody else, they convict somebody, whatever. Um, if I'm in that situation and I wasn't emotionally attached to this woman and I had nothing, she was just a cut buddy. Um, <laughs> oh, you took it there. <laughs> remember LA Complex, you stay all the time. But she was just a cut buddy, and now she's gone, that would not um, that would not make me want to reconcile with my wife. I'll say, oh, okay, that's one out the way. So now let me go to the next one. It's like a, the cycle that's going to keep going. I don't understand where she thought that was going to fix things. You know, two things. Um, I wonder also because the husband revealed well um the husband revealed that she was out shopping um at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Where were you shopping at eleven o'clock? Number one. But um do you think that before they came into OPA that they kind of had some kind of pillow talk to figure this out? Because why didn't he reveal that she was at um, that she wasn't there at the time of yeah. when the murder the happened. Ol- the only reason I would say that it wasn't, because you're basically saying that they set everybody up. The reason I think that's not the case is I could be wrong, but I'm presuming he probably has some kind of a legal background. Mm-hmm. They can still try her. She wasn't, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, I'm drawing a blank. Um, you can't try people twice for the same crime. Double yeah. jeopardy. Double, thank you, double jeopardy. However, she hasn't been tried. So yes, theoretically the 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 alibi's there, but he could still technically perjure himself. Like it would either be perjury on the first instance or perjury in the second instance, mm-hmm. but she can still be tried. The only difference is Olivia has a duty not to disclose the information. Yeah. yeah. So to me, I think it was loose, but I think that he did it from a place of emotion. Like I really think he didn't realize that his wife hated him to that extent, mm-hmm. which shows a certain level of naivete mm-hmm. in what he was doing. <laughs> Well, let's quickly talk about poor David. David just can't catch a break. And it, it was funny because before the ending was revealed, I don't know if you guys got the same feeling, but he was in court and he was talking about uh, marital privilege and all this stuff. I was like, go, David. Like, you're doing a good job. And then Olivia just crushed him, just crushed his hopes and dreams. Um, but David and Abby, is anyone else? Can't, before you go into that, yeah, yeah. there was something that just I noticed when David was doing his um, when he was 
uh, questioning the the guy on the stand. Mm-hmm. There was this extra who was on the um, who was on the the juror. He he was totally asleep the whole entire time. Every time they kept cutting to his scene, and, <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's like it a was, real jury. It was no, just like he was just totally like sleeping. I was like, why they don't why didn't they like maybe that was him? his role? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's funny. No, no, <laughs> but I can't do it. Um, but when is anybody else like? I don't know if I'm annoyed by David and Abby or if I just want... I guess it happened at the end, but I just want them like David wants to stop playing games and just get to it. It seems like, you know, that's how relationships are in some cases. You're with a dude. Everything was good. Something broke out. You guys is up. You broke you guys up. You Abby thought it was something serious that he was lying to her. He was a different person than she thought he was. Come to find out he wasn't. He's still a good guy. David was rubbed the wrong way. She stole the Citron car from his house. Like, they have this dramatic relationship. But under all of it, they really care about each other. And they they were in a good space. Like, they had a good time together. And they really, you know, had something... They really clicked. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, at some point you do have to say, I'm not playing games. And, you know, Abby, is this for real? Or are you just kind of, you know, come over here just to just, just just to sleep with me? But the way Abby's going about it, it seems like she's not playing games and that she just wants to have sex. I, it seems like. So you're saying David wants more than. David wants. David wants more. But I feel the way Abby's coming. Like the same way with Jake. I feel Jake, he pushes and goes way too fast he's demanding don't answer the phone like i don't like his tone that bothered me too i don't like his tone towards (laughs) olivia and abby's the same way toward david as uh, as jake is to olivia she's very aggressive and she's going to keep going and sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't but clearly you know david caved in but he likes that Think about it. Remember that time when, when David was in the shower <laughs> mm-hmm. and Abby came and broke in the house, got butt naked and got into the shower when he was there. And she was like, you mm-hmm. know, like, so, you know, I forget what she said, but Abby's aggressive like that with David. He seems to enjoy it. And I actually think that the difference between Jake and Abby is that I actually disagree with you. I think Abby uses sex Mm -hmm. as her protection. So that's a space that she feels comfortable. Because I think that, especially with David, there obviously was a point where she realized it was real. Like, he, you know, emptied out a drawer. Like, and he said, he was like, yeah, originally, like, we were just kind of hooking up. But, like, I really care for you. Like, where is this going? And they had that conversation. And at that moment... When they basically, and remember, I mean, she even said, I love you. Like, you know what I mean? To me, for someone like Abby, the way that we had seen her up until that point, that's huge. Then to think that he is an abuser, I think that hit her at her gut. And then the fact that she then had to, when she potentially thought they were getting back together, she had to steal from him and lie. lie. I think it's her protection. And I think that the reason, because from what it seemed, they actually weren't sleeping together. That's why it was a whole issue like, oh, no, I don't want you to come up. And he's kind of like, oh, my God, are we back at this? And I think she needed that slowdown to see kind of if they could restart their relationship from a different place. Mm -hmm. I think the way that she bounced into the room, that's a girl who is giddy and happy and is in love, which is different than a girl who is in lust. Yeah. Gotcha. And and I do feel why David is in the mood that he's in. Like you said, he can't catch a break. And (laughs) every time, you know, the the reason that he can't catch a break is because of OPA, which Abby is associated with. So it's kind of a reminder that the woman who I'm with and I'm the cut buddy or whatever, he's looking at her and he's also thinking, damn, I can't catch a break. I can't win a case. So I think he has has a, a mixed emotions about the whole thing. Well, Abby's definitely broken, and she's trying to rebuild her relationship, her life, everything in general. There's a lot of broken gladiators, including Huck. Uh, we saw in this episode that Huck is now 
dealing with the whole uh, what's his name, Jake Foster. Mm-hmm. He's dealing, uh, no, Peter, uh, Foster. Bill, Peter Foster. Peter Foster. He's dealing with killing Peter Foster. He's dealing with uh, command. He's dealing with all these different things. And now he's back in these AA meetings and he's telling them that I've reverted back to whiskey. But this time it wasn't me. It wasn't my choice. It was given to me. It was handed to me. And I, I just kept drinking the whiskey and drinking the whiskey and drinking the whiskey. Um, this was an emotional scene. And then we pull away, and we pull away, and we see a shadow, and it's Quinn. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, um, Quinn, I, I agree. I, I watched last week's After Buzz uh, today, actually, and I think it was you, Sophia, who said that you were happy because Quinn <laughs> is actually, we were complaining first season, half the second season, that Quinn had no role. What was she doing? Now she has a role. She's speaking up. But Quinn calmed up. <laughs> Down, like God, she is on one. Like she does not understand personal space. Because my my issue with this scene was Huck in that type of environment, especially somebody in AA. A lot of those people, I would imagine. Obviously, I'm not, I don't know. I haven't been to one of those meetings, but I would imagine that you wouldn't go there unless you had a friend or a family member dealing with the same situation. You wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there with Bam and say, "Bam, come support me in this meeting." I would go there with people I didn't know, and I would find the support in this group, and they would become my new family for this particular issue that I'm dealing with. But for Quinn to invade somebody's personal space and personal issue right there, and then like have her phone go off in the meeting, too, <laughs> like in the middle of this impassioned speech, like Quinn, Quinn. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like Quinn, you said something and you said Quinn invades personal space. Hmm. The same way she was checking Olivia's emails, <laughs> the same way she gave up the printout of the papers of the emails. My thing is, I Quinn, the puck continued to teach Quinn the ropes as far as, you know, hacking, being that tech-savvy type of person, taking initiative with the job. But Huck said two things to Quinn, and when he said this to her, her eyes glossed over because it seemed like she didn't understand a word he was saying. He said, friends don't follow friends. <laughs> Huck, Huck said that to Quinn, and she looked like if he was speaking uh, Japanese. Then he also said, it's not polite to sneak up on people. Quinn was at that moment was looking like he was speaking uh, um Nigerian, like what well, is something? Quinn <laughs> is a little stalker. She's a stalker now. I'm so over her. Like, I'm okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch gears with it. I'm gonna switch gears. Okay, I think this is where where I have an issue with Quinn. I agree with everything that everyone's saying, but let's not forget that Huck is a spy. Number one, Huck is a spy on a level that we have possibly never seen before, right? And we at least know that. And when I say we, the associates, right? Like, they know that there's something a little bit different about Huck. So, what if it's not an AA meeting? What if as you're there, it's other spies, and as you're leaving, they go, who is this person? And they kill you. Remember when she was doing the whole, um, when they were trying to find the mole, and they were at the dry cleaner, and she kind of messed up? Mm -hmm. It's like... You still a baby hawk. Right. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Respect that. So you haven't, you're not the master yet, so don't be following the master. So that's really my issue. So my issue actually isn't a matter of friends because I disagree. Friends do follow friends. No, seriously, I think they do. Because I think at the end of the day, if your friend has a problem and you think your friend is going to be in danger, you literally, I think, have a right as a friend to follow them potentially to catch them so that they don't get into harm's way. The difference is... When you think that the person is a spy or something of that nature, that's, I think, where it's out of line. Because I don't think they should be treating each other like clients. That's where I have the difference. Well, what do you... And I'll get to you. What do you think, though, regarding what Huck said, though? Because he said, in addition to what you just said, he also said... um, 
He goes. He basically is like, you're not. You're not worried. You're right. Interested. You're interested. He's like, you're not asking questions because you're worried. You're interested. You want to know. He basically said, he's like, you've seen me shaking. You've seen me quivering. And all of a sudden, like, basically when he drank his whiskey, that all went away. And you want to know what it feels like. Stop being so interested. And when you were talking about how she looked when um, she, her eyes were glossed over and you said friends will follow friends on that stuff, it was the same thing when she was describing, like, oh, who did you kill? Who did you kill? Oh, how did, like, she, she was getting excited. And even he's excited. like, oh, so you did it that way so that it wouldn't, it would look like it was, I was like, like, she's still no. learning, like. Quinn, what were you going to say, man? This is hilarious how me, who thought Quinn was a chicken head during season one. Oh, he bringing chicken head back? I actually <laughs> like Quinn's character, and let me tell you why. Um, <clears throat> Huck has a problem, and no one is reaching out to him. Olivia, who is who knows Huck better than anybody, she, every once in a while, Huck, are you okay? <laughs> Huck, talk to me. Are you Okay. <laughs> I'm fine, Olivia. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> Quinn is the only person that is going beyond uh, the means to really try to figure out, is Huck okay? Huck is not okay. He's not okay. And Quinn is the only person, I guess, who's close enough to to be bold enough to go after and, and, and find out about Huck's whereabouts. Huck is in a lot of trouble. He needs a lot of help. He can't talk to anybody. He's a ticking time bomb. And I have to, you have to give Quinn props for at least, hold on, you have to at least give her props for trying. Okay, yes, it's wrong. And yeah, um, she's a, a, a shady Shaniqua. Shady Shaniqua. She's a, she's a shady Shaniqua, but nobody else in OPA has ever gone as far as to try to help him. And you have to give her credit for that. But is she trying to help him, or is she just trying to, like he said, I, figure out what he's what he's doing? Originally, is she really trying to help him? Originally, I thought that she was trying to help him and, and be concerned. But Hug did read her at the end and says, "You know, you're interested in all of this whole dark side of me of what I do." And so I do agree with that. And the way Quinn was looking, it made me think, okay, well, maybe she doesn't care for him. I think she does care for him, but she's also intrigued. I mean. Um, in season two, when she was getting ready to close her eyes and she was, um, and she was gonna stab the person <laughs> and Charlie. he told her, do not, uh, don't open your eyes because blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, I may sound crazy, but if I was into that life, I would probably feel the same way as Quinn. Like, I don't know. I would kind of feel the same way of her where I would kind of, if I'm, if I'm gonna go crazy, I'm gonna go ballistic and go like real crazy because I want to be the best crazy I can I be. I think we have two issues here, and this is going to play out over time. One is, are her intentions pure? But also, are her intentions pure because uh, if they're not, then that just means that she wants Huck back so she can continue to learn from him. But also, just like Huck is broken in a bad place, keep in mind that Quinn is baby Huck. So now Quinn doesn't have a leader. Quinn doesn't have anybody to teach her anything or anybody to help console her. So yeah, Huck is trying to help, but just like we're saying Olivia does, are you okay? Are you okay, Huck? In a way, Huck is kind of doing that to uh, Quinn but not in the same way but it's like you know stop being interested stop asking questions uh, you just taught me all this stuff I'm, I, I love this life now what do you want me to do then am I supposed to sit here and just ignore everything you just taught me so mm-hmm. I think we have two different things going on there it's a great there. point Emil yeah, great it's point. a great yeah. point <laughs> to me it seems like Quinn is only baby Huck in her in the professional aspect Quinn doesn't seem to under, she, if this is what I really it seems like to me Quincy's Huck being able to access everything, know how to do everything, know you know know how to get stuff done. She sees the him not. 
she sees him being able to break boundaries and in turn she's it seems like she's taking that as I should have no boundaries like you know what I mean like she she sees Cuck being able to do whatever he has to do to get the job done but Quinn is taking that same aspect and imply and she's applying that to everything, everything. yeah but, know, friendships. But, but whose fault is that is it Quinn's fault or is it Huck's fault? It's her. Because, it's her. I think it's no, her and fault. No, and I strongly disagree. Huck is a trained operative. Why did he bring the civilian into the fold? And then you should be responsible for her. Just <laughs> like I think Bam was saying, and I think that Emil was also alluding to, you can't basically have someone learn how to do all of these things that you're not supposed to do without putting a certain foundation, which I don't think that he's done, number one. Number two, then all of a sudden just leave her and think that she's not going to know what to do. So the only thing she's going to do is the one thing that has given her purpose. Because I don't like the term that Bam uses. However, Chicken she, head. <laughs> she has been, you know a baby lawyer. It doesn't matter that she has evolved into, you know, fully appreciating that she's Quinn Perkins. She's still a baby lawyer. She's still the lowest on the totem pole at Pope and Associates. Now she actually has a role, especially when Huck was gone for a while. She it gave her a sense of power. She, I mean, that's why she looked into Olivia's emails. She's the one who figured out, didn't figure out, but at least made part of the connection so that Huck realized that Rowan was command. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a sense of power that Huck should have never given her if she wasn't able to handle it. So what did he want her to do? He wanted her to be able to do what he does, but still be a nice, normal human being. My thing is, if you want to, if he... I I think it's it's Quinn's responsibility, and I say this because of this. When you teach somebody your day job... If you go, if somebody starts, a new, you got a new hire at your job, right? And you're training this new hire. You're training them what to do X, Y, and Z. You never think when you train a new hire to say, but don't do this at home in your personal life. You never think to do that. You never have to say, feel like it's your responsibility to tell people how to conduct themselves using business tools outside of business. That's a great okay. point. You That's don't a do great that. Point. So for Quinn, when she's doing all this, this snooping and stuff, if she wants to be a baby huck and mimic huck, one thing Huck doesn't do, he rides for his friends and he doesn't overstep his boundaries with his friends. But you know, Quinn don't have, she don't seem to have that. That's well, a great point, Quinn, uh She also doesn't have any friends and all she has is OPA, but also Huck is not a great communicator. Huck yeah, gives you the bare minimum conversation and tells you this, this, this. He's not really an instructor, so it kind of goes both ways. That's true. And if Olivia would not, if, if Olivia, here I go, if Olivia wasn't so consumed into, into her life, she should be the one no I take that back never mind we can talk about this Huck Quinn thing all day long but all I'm saying is that maybe Quinn should get you know in fact in her free time since she doesn't know what to do with her purposes she needs to get a book I don't know if she needs to read a book yeah yeah, (laughs) get a book or, or listen to a book in fact she should listen to a book. I think she totally should listen to a book. And the reason being is that this podcast is being brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider in audiobooks. They have over 150,000 downloadable titles. They have everything. They have from comedy to uh, to the art of war. Um, and they have all of the New York Times bestsellers. And specifically, Gladiators, for you guys, Audible is offering a free audio download. And so you can just check out this service. You can download um, basically on all of your mobile devices. And you can even burn it onto a CD. So you can pop it in the car and you can listen. It listen. It's fun. It's easy. They have things for all ages. Um, and Gladiators, I've already downloaded Outliers, which you probably noticed that I misquote <laughs> in this podcast a 
lot. So again, check out the free if you want to check out a free audiobook, you go to audiblepodcast.com backslash afterbuzz. Again, it is audiblepodcast.com backslash afterbuzz. Thanks, Sophie. I didn't know you could put on the CD too. That's kind of cool. Yeah, right. Put it in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's get to the meat of the episode. Mm-hmm. We have the Remington scandal. We have Jake. We have Fit and Olivia. So, and of course Eli Pope, and then a little bit of Cyrus. We're gonna get into all of this. Um, I think I want to start with uh, with Jake actually, because the last time I was here, I was kind of leaning towards the whole Jake Olivia bandwagon. Yes, you were. Oh, Lake. Um, I think I want to recant my statement because I don't know what about Jake is rubbing the wrong way. We were sitting in the studio and Cornelia made a good point. First of all, does Jake not have an apartment to go to because he's always there? I still don't have no home out here. But um, I think my issue is Olivia is in such a vulnerable place that she's been vulnerable before, but she's in such a weird place right now, in low place, because we see how this interaction with her father really has broken her completely down to the core. Like, she's not Olivia Pope right now. She's this daddy's little girl, as she says. Um, My issue is, she made a good point at last week's episode when she said, um, how'd you get out of the hole? And she kept pressing him, how'd you get out of the hole? And then, you know, Jake kind of goes around and he doesn't really answer. But I think right now my issue is really with trusting him. Jake's there. But who's to say that the deal was, I'll let you out of this hole, but I need you to do this for me, um, woo Olivia, whatever whatever Eli told him to do. I just, everything he says now, I can't trust him. And I'm just worried that I was sitting right next to Cornelia every time they had like a kissing scene or she got close to him, I would do like this weird growl or grunt because I don't know. It's, it's weird seeing her in this place. Also too, right? So, and I'm going back to the last episode. So he says that the way that he was able to get through the hole was that he kept thinking about Olivia, yeah. right? So he, he kept thinking her face. about this person who was his project, right? It was his mark, right? Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to get close to her, and he did. And then he was supposed to kill her, we think, and he didn't. And because he didn't kill her, he gets thrown in a hole. So that's the person you think of to get you through it? In essence, the person who got you thrown in a hole. And... Then afterwards, you realize that the person who threw you in the hole is the father of the woman that you were dreaming about, and you're still dreaming about her? Something doesn't seem right. Sounds like payback. Yeah. And I'm not going to go that far, because I really think in some weird, twisted way, it's actually more about his own ego, especially as it relates to Fitz. Because going back, the way that he was like, oh, I didn't know she was your girl. Right? The way that she even so casually brings up, oh, like, you know, you know, your father who saved your ex-boyfriend who's the president. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he just slips it in like, dude, just because you happen to know my personal life, don't bring it up like we're close. Like, we're intimate. Like, as far as I'm concerned, what? They slept together once? Like, and I'm not trying to be grown up and be like, whatever, but again, no, they slept together up. once. They're not boyfriend and girlfriend. There's no relationship. There's no intimacy. So stop bringing up. My ex-boyfriend, who is the president of the United States of America. Because then, to me, I'm amazed that she's like, you don't have clearance to discuss this. No, she needs to shut it down. Yeah. Number one. Number two, and then I'm done. (laughs) When she leaned in for the kiss, I would have rooted for him if he kissed her once and then stopped. Because then there would be trust. For the same reason that you said. She's vulnerable. Don't go there. Be a man. Be a gentleman. You're in the Navy. Like the president. I'm not saying he's a gentleman, but I think he's more of a gentleman (laughs) than Jake. 
for me, <laughs> um, I didn't have a preference whether you know. I thought Jake was cool, or whatever. I, like I said, I thought he was a he was a little uh, little junior fits because mm-hmm. of his swag and his game or whatever. And to kind of prove my point of that, um, I do think that there is something uh, that maybe we don't know about between uh, between Fitz and Jake because Jake did something that I don't. I, I, you are you are as a comedian. I need you to give me one of the, your famous lines because what he did when Olivia Cole was on P's. the phone, um, Cole Pease basically. Olivia said, "Hello, Mr. President." Okay, so Jake knew that Olivia was on the phone with Jake, mm-hmm. and he sat there patiently and patiently <laughs> and patiently and patiently as she was having conversation, and then he just <clears throat> what he said. He says, um, "More wine." He goes. He goes, more wine? He said it loud enough to make sure that the person on the other line can hear it. He he violated side piece rule number one. Wait, uh, and he poured her more wine at the beginning. When she owned the phone. But no, 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 no. But see, he's he he's claiming he's claiming dibs. He's basically trying to shut down whatever is going on with the president or or whatever. If if for any inclination that he may think that something's may going on he basically wants to excuse my french he basically wants to shut that shit down that's what he did well yeah, but you he, know what that's when she should she should have been like you know what well, hold on fitz hold on and she should have put him <laughs> on mute and she should have said don't you ever make a noise when I'm on the phone talking business with my in my in regards to my personal life? Do you understand? And then she should have got back on the phone and said, I'm back. But let's also but let's let's also remember he's been very very aggressive. Look back at season two when he says, "You know, um, you don't look like um, you, you don't. You're not a cook or something." And he and she was like, "How do you know that?" And then he was like, <laughs> he was spying on her." Yeah. And then <laughs> he, he t- uh, the the one time when they actually started making out in the kitchen, he was like, "Don't answer that." Like well, the yeah, type of men, said- the type of men that she likes, she likes men that are aggressive with her. You said no, this no, earlier. No, think- Go ahead. I, I don't know. I don't know if aggressive is is the, the is, right is, is a tone, but like compare those two to Edison. Okay, I'm gonna. Don't, sorry, I need to jump in Edison. here for a second. I need to jump in here for a second. I am going to root for Miss Olivia Pope. I think that she is seeing Jake for who he is because that to me is not aggressive. That's disrespectful, and that's knowing your place. Because I think that let's let's really go there. She didn't say hello, fit. She said hello, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. I am the Olivia Pope. Don't you? Ever, ever, ever mess with my business, right? She didn't say fit. She said Mr. Mr. President. President. The President of the United States of America. You don't know what we're talking about. So in essence, he was basically, and this is, um, Camelia actually said this when we were in the room, he was possibly about to disclose to her something to do with Remington, right? Which again has to do with national security because this whole thing has to do with the Republic, Right? And Rowan trying to navigate outside of the auspices of the government and the checks and balances of the person that we put into this top position, which we didn't because of Cytron, but you still get my point, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because Jake was like, more wine, now Olivia's not going to be looped in, mm-hmm. right? So now you have this thing going on, right, with Rowan, who is nasty, and Fitz, who sometimes can be a little naive. And doesn't have Cyrus with him, who's the who's the bulldog, who really is his force in his production. And there's no Olivia looped in to do something to do with her father. And her father likes to use her as a pawn. So now Jake has put her in more harm's way. He just, but he wasn't thinking. It was a dumb movie. Yeah, it, it was a dumb move. But it's also, like you said, it's also Olivia's fault because um, as soon as she said, "Mr. President," she could have said, "Hold on one second. and she could have totally because oh, she could have stepped outside. 
or in well, her you, bedroom. You don't yeah. step outside in your own house. You tell him to kick rocks. <laughs> but he act like he, that's his home now. So you know you got to. I don't something. know why he was there to begin with. Well, he don't, I don't have care. No home. Yeah. In a way, she she must have wanted Jake to say something. Though. She said, "Hello, Mr. President." Why did she just say hi? I mean, I agree. We can go on yeah. and on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. On top of this, we have Jake. Another reason why I don't trust Jake is with the whole Huck situation. So we have Jake and Huck. Huck's in the garage. Um, so he's trying to find this alliance with Huck, but it, it was just too convenient for me. Like, so you were following oh. Huck, and now you, I think that I think there may be a connection there as far as Rowan goes. So Rowan's like, "Oh, Huck tried to kill me. Huck's a loose cannon." But also, Olivia's the one who disclosed. You could still be right, but Olivia's the one that disclosed that Huck killed someone. So Olivia should have never done that. Yeah. But go ahead. I still think you're right, but just, it's still Olivia who technically dropped the ball. But you know what I'm saying? Though? I just feel like it, you're you're right. What you're saying, like she's giving him information that he's using that information, which he could be using to help his whole thing by helping. Ro- it's it's a complicated thing that why I don't trust him. I just don't trust him right now, and it's bothering now, me. Now this is my only problem. Is, <laughs> so, how did the president find out? Like, so the president obviously is going Rowan. See this? Okay, sorry. I'm talking like I'm thinking as I'm as I'm talking. So basically, obviously, we now know that Remington is is the dominoes are falling, right? Now, Jake basically just by saying more wine, Fitz knows who's in the room, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So he basically has has declared war with the president of the United States of America for all intents and purposes, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to declare war with the president. Number one, he's also declaring war with Rowan. There can only be one winner in this Rowan president situation. So both of those people are your enemy. Yeah. Wouldn't you try to ally with one of them? I'm just right? saying, I don't understand his angle. I don't, I, I don't get it either. Because if Rowan wins, you're dead. If Fitz wins, you're still dead. Yeah. Do you think that he was too busy trying to, uh, you know, cuff? <laughs> do you know what that means? Like, you know, cuff are you saying? I get it in context. Yeah. So do you think he was <laughs> that he wasn't thinking on the on the on his life side? He's thinking more of. Of okay, well, no, could I think be, he's strategic. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's. I, I think he's so strategic. We haven't even figured it out yet. I can't imagine it. He, it'll be the same as the senator thinking with his head and not his head. I, I really think he has it. He he has it figured out. That's why I don't trust him. That's why I don't trust him. Yeah. Um, but guys, two quick things. James is alive. I know Bam was worried about that, but James is alive and well. Let's talk. What's up? Oh, and can I say, yeah, yeah. did you see the reversal when he's like, so are you an idiot? So are you an yeah. idiot? Do you remember how yeah. Cyrus tore him down? Yep. And James got to be like, are you an idiot? Because obviously it means you are. Mm-hmm. And when Cyrus came in to be like, I don't know everything. Oh, wait, you don't? Then that proves you're an idiot. Because the mm-hmm. old Cyrus would have been aware of every single exactly. move Fitz made. I can, loved it. Can I just say that was such a nice moment, though, what Fitz did. Even though, you know, oh, he's yeah. not sure what his relationship was to the guy Peter Foster. But imagine what, I, when I was watching that scene, I was putting it into a regular, you know, regular life perspective. Imagine if my brother died and I didn't really have any family. He, we were both hard on money. We, you know, everything just seemed like a loss. And all of a sudden, the funeral's paid for and President Obama gets out the car and yeah. comes and, and, and is at my brother's funeral. Dude, that's, that was so touching to me like I was just like that is so crazy I just can't wait to find the backstory behind him and the Navy pilot though me too but just real quick with the James we didn't get any answers it's as if nothing happened Last time that we saw James, well, he, he was just unconscious. He probably just woke up, <laughs> right? Yesterday, yeah. I'm sure they didn't away. Especially because think about it, they have a new baby. He probably literally thinks he fell asleep on the couch and woke up because he could have already been asleep. He just injected him with something. He's still asleep. He wakes up and yeah, everything's fine. I'm, I'm saying just as far as the last time that we seen James, now 
it's almost as if that whole thing never happened. It just what like whole thing? He was um, the last time that we saw James. James was um, that's what that's what um, Emil's saying. Emil's saying, though, think about it because these are like trained operatives. They're gonna put him to sleep in a way that he doesn't even see them coming, mm-hmm. right? Or else he would have killed him. Like you don't you don't let someone see you coming unless you intend to kill them. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was either already asleep or he snuck up from behind in a way that he was unaware. So when he woke up, he literally thought he had just fallen asleep. He's unaware of anything that happened. And Cyrus is definitely not not going to tell him. And even if there was like anything, like he felt a little sting or something, he would have just thought he was dreaming. So um, I want to talk more about James. I want to talk. We can't talk about it now. but I want to talk about Melly and um, the new presidential candidate, Lisa Kudrow. Oh, that's I want to get into all that because let's please talk about it online in the comments on YouTube, on iTunes, on Twitter. Uh, we'll say our Twitter handles and everything at the end. Um, there was one more thing that I want to continue the conversation online. I can't remember what night. Oh, I do want to know this. I don't know if you guys know this. I want to know the song that was playing during the funeral scene. I know Meg, she yeah, said it was Nina, Nina Simone. Simone I just want to know, know the, the song particular too. song. That was such was a beautiful, beautiful song. Perfect for that scene. Oh, one more thing to talk about yep. online was... Um, the tattoo on Peter's yes. yeah. body. Yes. He had the tattoo. Let's go into details about the Remington scandal online. Let's. I, I really, I'm pushing this conversation online, guys, because we, we don't have as much time here, but we really, we have time online. So make sure you tweet us. Uh, leave those comments on YouTube. We're doing great on YouTube. We're doing great on iTunes. Just really want to continue. Um, but that was a great episode. I thought it was, at least. And let's go into news and gossip. <laughs> Um, so Scandal's killing in the ratings. I saw that. I think it was like 7.5 million viewers last week. They said it was second series high or second, that right? Second series high or whatever. Second high for the series. Um, and the other news that I had was just... Hold on, before you go on yeah, to yeah. that, um, it, just to carry on the conversation that I think that we were having when when Bam kind of asked about the ratings, mm-hmm. I actually realized, because I've seen a couple of tweets, I actually think that I saw specifically a tweet from um, Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. who is going to be directing... Um, Episode 308. Episode 308. Um, I saw a picture. I happened to follow her on Twitter and I saw a picture of her and it was her and I think it was her crew and they were, it was at least nine people and they were watching Scandal. Scandal people are watching in groups, Groups. right? Think about it. Like I know people have Scandal parties or Scandal teenies. So Mm -hmm. just even take that 7.5 number, right? Because it's 7.5 million or no, what does that really relate to? It's really more 12. I know the number is a little skewed from the actual digit. Mm So let's even just say it's seven. That really means it's 14. Yeah. If it's really 14, it's really 28. And that's at a minimum of two people watching. I mean, hello, we f- the four of us watch together right. on one TV. Yeah. Mean. Let alone the fact that, in my next part, is that Nielsen isn't every single TV. And I yeah. could be wrong, but it's also the maybe possibly the demographics of who who their, their, the boxes are at mm-hmm. yeah, may and, not be accurate. And I know just from the chatter... Those numbers are wrong. Well, you know, there's always been this whole thing with the with the whole Nielsen's. I was actually a member, and any time that I had to, when I was watching TV and when someone comes over, we have numbers. So I have to report. If someone's in the room watching with me, there's a, a we, we have to hit. The the we have to hit this number oh, and it I, lists yeah. how many. But it's 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 old. Yeah, that whole it's, system is yeah, so outdated. It's, 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 it's outdated. Old. And with any and with any show, if it's two million, it's probably really four. Yeah, but 
with gladiators, it's whatever times a gladiator integer. So it's like a gazillion. Mm-hmm. Keep going. All I know is I've seen some of these gladiator parties watching in groups and stuff. I wish we had some wine in the dinner plate because some of these tweets no, that you posted. We but anyway, would be I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let us get some wine up in here. Um, but also, congratulations to Carrie Washington. She was named, I believe, the brand ambassador for Neutrogena. Uh, that's amazing. So um, congratulations to you. All I was doing was looking at her skin. Right exactly, right? Because I, I, I think she, she made her profile picture. Delicious. I don't know if it's still there, but she made her profile picture right. of her Neutrogena and she's is she has beautiful skin. She's um, also hit more she's over a million Twitter followers now. Yeah. She's she's crossed a million yeah. and um I am so happy that Scandal is now we're just gonna briefly talk about this. Scandal is one of those shows now where the how do I describe it? the talk shows know I need to bring a guest from Scandal in there so I can get more rates. I've seen Ellen has become a passion fan now. Uh, Access Hollywood Live did a whole Scandal week on the premiere, like because it, it's become one of those shows where it's they know yeah if they know oh if I put Scandal in there oh the, all their followers are gonna watch. So I mean that's that's compliments to Scandal though because that yeah. doesn't happen for every show. No. Um, so congrats to Scandal and all the gladiators. And I like to say it's a movement, yeah. not a cult. I don't like that. It's a, <laughs> no, I really don't. I really don't. It's a movement. I think that. Scandal and the Gladiator Nation is a movement. That's what I choose to call it. I think it's great, especially for primetime, because a lot of the shows like the like the True Blood and some of those other shows, they're the more uh, like the HBO and the Showtime type of shows where you have those followings where people have parties. And I think it's great that a primetime show um, is doing what it's doing. I agree. Yeah. Congrats, Scandal. Come a long way from season one. Um, but yeah, let's go into our predictions. Uh, I think I made this very clear. I don't think Jake should be trusted. Something's going to happen. Something's going to be exposed. Uh, he is definitely, I think, in alliance with Rowan. Um, I think Olivia should get very far away from him. Something's going to happen with Quinn. I don't know if she's going to have a breakdown or what, but the Quinn-Huck situation is going to blow up in a bad way. Um, I still want to see more from Harrison. I'm waiting for his backstory. And do, 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 do. oh, and I'm excited to see uh, Lisa Kudrow's character, where it's going to go and how it's going to play out with Melly. That's something that's really intriguing me. I wish we could talk about it more, but please do continue that conversation online. What about you? Um, Jake said that Fitz was the real pilot of Rem- the Remington issue, mm-hmm. but Peter Foster's body says that he was the pilot. He tattooed ever the records say that he has some identification on him that's going to lead to some information. <clears throat> Fitz went into um, Rowan's office and said, basically, reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. So now my question, more of a question, was Fitz B613, but in the beginning stages, before it became this, this powerhouse? Yeah, yeah because you know, he, flew, he flew the... He um, flew it for, you know, so... I don't know what my prediction is, but now I really let's get into it. It's just it. working like, in your head. Yeah, now. I want them to really get into it now. Now that we have we have some basic information, now let's cut the crap and let's open get the into can of worms. Get into it. Get into Remington. I'm ready. I don't have a prediction actually. Do you have a want? I have a huge want. I feel as if for a large majority of this show, we have seen Olivia reacting. We haven't seen her proactive. Like, we haven't seen her 
from an actual strategic position, especially as it pertains to her life, right? So even at the beginning of the episode when she's like, I have to toe the line, I have to be a good girl, right? So then you're going to go back to your normal job as Olivia Pope and Associates? Then you should have actually got on the plane, right? There's something about her that is even from the previews of the next episode, she keeps trying to go to war with Fitz. Either dead it and move on with your life or embrace it. But this in-between, I don't like it because I don't think, like, I, I think that the analogy between the, the, the scandal character, the lawyer, the, the wife, and saying she's not this person, same thing. Olivia is not this person. Like, I refuse. Like, I refuse to think that she's this person who doesn't take accountability for her life, that thinks that anyone controls her, even the head of command, that anyone controls her, even if it's the president of the United States of America. So I guess my desire, my want, is for Olivia Pope to take full autonomy, accountability for her life and her decisions and to stop, just to stop. I'm going to piggy off what you said. It makes sense. She didn't have to say, hello, Mr. President, in front of Jake. She did that on purpose. I told you, yeah. Yeah, yeah she totally did that on purpose. And I don't particularly have a prediction, um, but I didn't care for Lisa Cujo's character. I think it's going to grow on us. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I love that Twinkie comment. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you and we haven't had a deep fried Twinkie. <laughs> Don't doubt it till you try it. Yeah. But guys, it was great. I've had a blast here tonight with my favorite people. Um, where can we find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley. Um, I just want to give a shout out um, to GQ Jedi. Uh, you guys can't. For, I want to give a shout out to GQ Jedi <laughs> or for the beanie. So for more information, you can go on Instagram. Yo, seriously. For that. There are four Thank of you. us. There are four of us. This eight, right? Four of us. <laughs> Sorry. GQ Jedi. And I also, although we'll be here next Thursday, um, if you're in L.A. or if you're in the Valley, um, I want to invite you guys to um, our Halloween party that I'm having with some friends called The People. You could find out more information on Instagram. It's a Halloween Glow Fest. It's Halloween um, next Thursday. DJ Tech Homes. It's from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. Costumes. <laughs> and after we're done, I hope that you guys come They're to the party. Off the, off the and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Canelia. <laughs> And guys, you can follow me on pretty much everything at Emil and his junior. And please make sure you check out youtube.com slash chasing LA. I have lots of videos for you to check out, new videos every single week. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. We are so, so very happy to be back and doing this. And I hope you have a great day, great night, wherever you're watching this. We love you. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 